0: Tomorrow we've added uh, to the guest list uh, Assemblyman Chuck Levine He'll be with us uh, Along with Dan Levler, Leading the charge The president of uh, the Associated Municipal Employees Association Municipal Employees in Suffolk County The largest independent union of course in the state uh, Right now though Jason Malica. Uh He does a tremendous job uh, himself uh, Public relations down at one of the great colleges In our nation's capital American university Of course Uh, All the great work he did way back in the early 2000s getting uh, Fox News Radio off the ground. And uh, Mr. Bollick and I I have to give us a couple of minutes and a return visit. Sir, I hope it is all well as uh, we are getting into the crux uh, of it all. It started uh, with the Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire, Nevada. Uh, How about Nikki Haley, Jason? First off, very good morning to you. Uh, How about Nikki Haley with a bit of a setback in the primary uh to uh only to lose to the invisible man, so to speak uh no nope, it was donald trump it was uh, it was uh, other candidates on the ballot or whatever the heck it was, another option, believe it or not on that ballot uh in that primary there i mean that's uh that's a little embarrassing no
1: yeah, i mean i think it's a, it's got to be a little bit of a hit for her campaign i mean she's i think she'll obviously um you know push forward, but you know and i think one of these things uh, I think at some point here um, you know I, I think at some point we're going to end up having, she's going to have to decide whether she sticks with it or you know, it's it's time to turn you know, time to, you know, kind of see the writing on the wall. Again, you know, not that you know, Miss Haley hasn't done a, you know, she hasn't done a good, not that she hasn't done a good job um, during this run here but I think you know, we all, I think we've known here for a while that, you know, the former president Trump is going to be the, it's clearly going to be the is the front runner right now and is going to be the nominee uh, unless there is, you know, some sort of legal action here. But I think in the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, it, her, her forward path, I think is starting to really shrink, um, you know, especially I think, you know, obviously, what in the in what happens in the republican primary what happened in the republican primary in nevada that's just you know in my opinion that's in your i know it was probably i know some have said it was like a it was a coordinated effort um in some ways to you know lose to you know in the sense of those you know none of these other candidates sort of thing but i'll tell you i think that even she has a lot going against her and a lot of that meaning the you know the former president's uh You know, supporters in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, Listen, it's a tough task. Uh, Tough task. I I would imagine after South Carolina, when she loses, uh, I would think a decision will have to be made. Uh, Now, does she get to Super Tuesday on March the fifth? Does she? uh, Does she kind of stick around a week or two? Uh, We'll see. Uh, But uh, speaking of March fifth, Jason, uh, the 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 Supreme Court's going to hear today regarding the uh, ballot and Trump, if he stays on or if he's uh, allowed to get back on, he's off. Uh, how do you think these nine justices are going to handle it? That's an important one today. It has huge ramifications.
1: Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, as I always say, I'm not a legal expert, but I think you can get enough from reading and kind of, the, kind of looking into this in the sense to give a sort of, in my opinion, give like a more of a political spin on this. I I would say from a political standpoint I don't see the Supreme Court I you know I could be <laughs> spot on wrong here but I I don't see the Supreme Court ruling in favor of that Colorado court here with you know obviously it comes stems from when Colorado's uh, state supreme court through no the former off office GOP primary ballot um, I I just don't see the Supreme Court rul- ruling in favor I think, and the reason why, and it's not because whether, you know, oh, these are, some of these are Trump-appointed judges and things like that, um, I, to me, it's more of, does the Supreme Court want to put its, I wouldn't even say reputation, it's more of, does the Supreme Court want to put its its stamp on this election in a way that would say, okay, they would then effectively could they effectively be you know people would say oh now they're effectively handing the White House to Joe Biden and I don't think that's the case but I think in a lot of ways when as we look at this I just don't see the Supreme Court saying to me or saying to the American you know kind of ruling here that okay yep this the Colorado Supreme Court uh, you know has a has definitely made it, made the right case and will uphold it and then that that opens the you know kind of the the, the proverbial cat out of the bag in a sense where. Then other states say, "Well, he's coming off of this ballot. He's coming off of that ballot. He's coming to... and you know, for that makes it that throws everything into chaos as far as yes, it, 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 who's the Republican nominee would be, um, but and on another set, another side of things too, it's 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 very tough here in this case to also, and I will say from this perspective, it's very tough to really say, okay, the president, the former president, was the one who did." you know, they're talking about the insurrection when they're the reason for the right reason the Colorado uh, Supreme Court ruled it, like it did, that he was, you know, basically the one that led the charge. And yes, he, spo- you know, obviously spoke, spoke the words, got people sort of agitated and got them to move on for the insurrection on January 6th. But I think in this case, you could say that he wasn't the one that was breaking into the Capitol. He wasn't do he was the one that sort of the flame so i think in a lot of ways that's something the supreme court would look at so again to, to wrap it all up in a sense jay is that i don't think the supreme court is going to rule on something here that would really throw things into a tailspin as far as the republican nomination uh and i also don't think that they want to wade into this in a sense where the court would be seen as playing favorites. favorites in some way yes yeah. exactly
0: no, I, I agree with you. I, I just think that uh, it would set off firestorm, uh, and uh, the ramifications are huge here in this election year, as far as how other states can operate. I think uh, I, I think they'll be swimming in dangerous waters if they go any other way. Jason go with us. Uh, the bill itself, the border bill, uh, Jay should be a standalone, in my opinion. Anyway, 118 billion dollars. Uh, quite frankly, I don't like the bill at all regarding the border. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not for letting uh, five thousand individuals into our country on a daily basis. Uh, you know, you expand that over a year, you have almost two million. Um, um, we're already inundated here. Um, you know, listen, it should be a, a standalone. Uh, and and unfortunately, this is where we're at in our country right now. Can't be a standalone because, you know, we have to have dangling carrots here. In order to approve one area, we have to kind of go along with another area here. Uh, But quite frankly, I don't want to hear any bills, read any bill that doesn't uh, slash completely illegal immigration. Uh, I want to hear a bill about the construction of a wall. Uh, I want to end the catch and release situation. I want to restore. I've said this a million times, Title 42. Uh, I want to staff up the patrols, the border patrols. Um, Listen. Uh, that's a starting point for me. Okay, uh, I don't want carrots dangled in front of my face. It should be a standalone bill. I have no problem with the rejection here. What about you?
1: Well, you know, I think in a lot of ways, this should be something that is not tied into, you know, basically, you know, Ukraine funding. Um, that that to me, I think, really muddies the waters because then not only are you rejecting something for this country, you're rejecting something that. Many lawmakers are in support of in a lot of ways um, and and I think in a lot of ways, as we look at this too, you know republicans didn't want to it, this is election year, and i don 't think many of the Republicans, even though they had been working on this with Democrats um, for months as far as trying to you know find ways to you know you know cut back on the numbers of illegals coming into the country um, it, this really does throw things into a lot of it throws it into a a really it's a it's a mess and it continues to be a mess because we can't get as in leadership we cannot find a way to make sure our borders are safer and and that doesn't mean when we say borders are safer it means when people are trying to come into the country they're doing so legally and you're not it's not so open that we are, we're seeing people come in and then, you know, they're risk, obviously risking their lives. People have been doing that for decades now, but there needs to be more support as far as what we're going to do at the border. And, and I think in a lot of ways, this, this really continues. To, it honestly, it, it really hammers home the fact that the days where, you saw both sides of the aisle come together to at least come up with a compromise in a way that would work that could say this is what we're going to do right now and then sure after the election to see who wins then we can finally just we can finally really come together for something of substance but the problem is and we've talked about this before jay is that we have a we have a congress that can never find a way to come together and agree on something, or at least in something in a bipartisan way, where we, the country could say, "Okay, you know what? We you, they worked hard on this. It may not be the best thing in the world, but at least it's an agreement that will help some in the short term, or at least until the election is over." I can get behind something like that, but in this case, they can't even the Congress can't even get behind something for, for the sake of just, let's let's make this work for now instead they're tying it to other things and you know it's just honestly it's become such a mess and I know that doesn't necessarily answer the question saying what I'm feeling here as far as the bill but I think in a lot of ways it comes back to the the big issue we've had for uh, you know a number of years now where this this Congress cannot find a way to to just agree on something anything that would put our country at least in at least make people in our country feel like okay we're, they're doing the right thing for us where they're doing the right thing that will help our country it just it does, it's not happening it's not happening at all and it's really it's actually quite a shame because we used to as a country we used to be looking at this as Congress says you're gonna provide the leadership here you'll come together there'll be arguments fine but at the end of the day you'll come to an agreement we, we can't even say that any longer and I think that this, this this what was supposed to be a bipartisan border deal that's it ended up falling apart because no one can agree anymore
0: yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a very tough situation right now. Uh, led by the, you know, good old Chucky boy, Chuck Schumer, uh, who uh, won't give an inch, won't give an inch. But any bill like this has to be a standalone. Has to be, in my estimation. Uh, talking with Jason Malaga let's uh, uh, let's move on to this uh, ceasefire agreement negated by the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, over the last day or so, Jason. Um And you've got hostages here. You've got uh, over 100 hostages. We don't even know the exact number. The report's coming out the other day. Maybe a quarter of them are dead at this point in time. We don't know what to believe, who to believe, uh, at this point in time. Uh, We know that uh, a terrorist organization, you can have a trust. Uh, There was a militia member taken out uh, the other day, very key member as far as how The operation has gone on uh, with uh, Hezbollah uh, in the north and some of the militia uh, situations involved there. Um, At this point in time, though, uh, it's kind of a a give and take and a tug of war, and you got uh, Anthony Blinken over there right now in Tel Aviv uh, trying to calm the waters somewhat here. Uh, Netanyahu, though, uh, has uh, dug his heels and is not budging, it seems. A far cry from uh, maybe uh, a month and a half ago, when you know there was a little bit of letting up, so to speak. But uh, right now, it appears that Israel is uh, is going full steam ahead with this operation. Yeah,
1: and you know, you know, this is it's been such a, and I'm trying to put it into words so that I'm not I'm not sounding like I'm being you know insincere here. But this this has been such a uh, even not only clearly a crisis in what's gone on in the in Israel and be, in the Gaza Strip, but it, it's also been something that's affected many in the United States and around the world as well. You know, when we see when we see Benjamin Netanyahu rejecting this deal, I think a lot of people would say, "Well, we need to do need something needs to be done that so that way hostages, so that that way more innocent people aren't killed, uh, injured, etc." I, you're right. I, Netanyahu definitely has dug his heels in. You know, obviously Hamas is a terrorist organization. You don't want to, you know, the old saying we, we don't negotiate. We don't negotiate with terrorists. Is, you know, in this case, it clearly, you know, sticks to what Netanyahu is doing. Um, but I, you know, in a lot of ways, I know he, had, if I'm paraphrasing here, he didn't want to leave Israel vulnerable to another attack, or he felt this would leave them vulnerable in a lot of ways. Um, But I also, you know, from the outside looking in here, you know, at some point when you're dealing with terrorists and if there is a ceasefire on the table in some way, um, you know, there's something needs to be done. Something needs to be done to make sure more innocent people aren't, you know, injured, killed, et cetera. Um, and And I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I think in a lot of ways the best point to I don't want to say peace, but at least a ceasefire is to negotiate, and you know clearly the united states is is keeping very you know a very keen eye on what's going on. Um, you know Secretary of State you know is there trying to, um, to hopefully stop the war that's going on um, but he's also you know the Secretary of State Lincoln is also trying to you know make sure that tensions are getting eased a little uh, you know in the region a little bit more but I, I to be honest with you i to me i think it's important especially from you know you look at this from i would say from a pr perspective too you know how does this make how there are going to be people that say for israel yes absolutely we should not have a ceasefire we should continue but there are many people that are are really eh, they are sick of seeing people being displaced killed um they're seeing innocent people getting you know Killed along the way, and I'm, this is not putting the you know blame on Israel. It's it, the Hamas is as much to blame here with this as well, um, and I think in a lot of ways, what we what needs to be done is there needs to be as much po- done possible to try to get whomever, whatever hostages are there, whatever needs to be done to make it happen. And I know it's very difficult when you're dealing dealing with terrorists, but at some point in this this war that's going on, there needs to be an understanding that. The only path to peace right now is that ceasefire and to negotiate. And when, when, and if it does come down to the point where it truly looks like Hamas is not—is this is just a ploy? Then I can understand. Okay, you know what? Well, we're going to continue our our offensive into the you know into Hamas-held territories. And it's just—it's a—it's such a—it's such a sad situation right now because of uh, we see people suffering, and I think when we equate that with we don't you know. We hear Israel not—they're spurning a ceasefire. It just brings on more pain, and I, you know, obviously, we're not there. But for those that have loved ones in, uh, on whatever side—Israel or in Palestine—it's—it's um, it's bringing pain and suffering, and you know, I don't think that's going to go away even with a ceasefire until this is actually truly over and there is some sort of peace in a way.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what it will be. I I certainly don't think it's a two-state solution uh, because as Israel exists, it can never be any type of solution, unfortunately, at this point in time. And we know where it's being fueled by. And that brings me to, you know, the final point here regarding the U.S., regarding the killing of the Iran-backed militia leader responsible for the attack on our troops in Jordan last month that killed three. Uh, and you get a statement from Central Command, we will not hesitate to hold responsible all those who threaten our forces' safety. Uh, I have to think, uh, Jason, where the crux of this problem is, we know it, where it is. It's where the mullahs are in, in, in Tehran. And until a message is sent in that neck of the woods, uh, this will keep going as far as how the Houthis are, have been operating, uh, how Hezbollah has been operating. Uh, and until we kind of send that uh that very important message uh into the heart of it all, and we know where it's coming from, the funding and everything else, uh unfortunately, this will keep going. I just don't have a lot of confidence as far as how we operate uh in this regard. you know the uh the mantra of peace by strength uh is certainly uh not out there. With this administration,
1: you know, I think in a lot of ways too. It's not when we see Central Command, you know, say obviously saying that this the strike happened. You know, you, you do have to show that, hey, look, you know, you're gonna you're gonna do something to one of you know one of ours. You know, we're gonna make sure that you know these terrorists pay. Um, the you know we're it's so intertwined here as far as have you have what 's going on in Israel, and then you have obviously the u s you know doing something that <laughs> taking action against something that happened you know to our forces you know you're you're right about iran i think what we're we're seeing here is obviously as we know yesterday the you know this or not yesterday but if, you know the drone strike killed an iran backed militia leader that was in baghdad mm-hmm. so clearly they Cross the border, they're they're finding so that way they can't be, you know, hit in Iran or quote unquote can't be tra- traced back to Iran. But we know that Iran is where they're, you know, is where they are, and and that's the problem too. Iran's been, you know, unfortunately, has been such a problem for decades, and you know, but we've tried. I think in the past, you know, we've obviously, you know, we've had. Many you know, we've had you know sanctions and et cetera, but none of this works because Iran finds other ways to get their aid and they find other ways to get their uh, money, especially the terrorist organizations. But in, again, until the U.S. can find a better way to kind of tie off Iran or at least find a way to make them pay, and I say make them pay, that doesn't mean strike as far as military wise. Make them pay in a way that will help let them feel it. It's not, nothing's going to happen. And unfortunately, as we know, J two just from history, is that even when the U.S. is, we've done these sort of, you know, we've done sanctions, we've done things that have hurt their economy, it hurts the people there that are not really on the front lines of this. And that's the shameful part, is that we're trying to stop the terrorists, the, the, the people that are, are fully harming Americans and people worldwide. It ends up harming the innocent of are innocent people in iran that are not part of these militias or these terrorist organizations and that those are the people that seem to be affected the most the terrorists always find a way to get finance they always find a way to get weapons and it's usually from countries that are you know sympathetic to their causes right now iran they have plenty of terrorists that are there we still we know that there are terrorists in iraq still that are going across the border and there's really there's we can do as much as we can but the bottom line is we can't stop it because we're not there, you know, day in and day out at the border to make sure that, um, you know, that they're, you know, they're not allowed to come in. Yes, the U.S. has some troops in Iraq and in neighboring and in Syria, but it's nowhere near what, you know, what it could be because it's not just not possible. So I, I think in a lot of ways, it's the U.S., it's not that we're in a catch-22, but it's more... The world is in a catch-22 because unless the world puts pressure on Iran and these other organizations, these states that harbor terrorists, it's still going to happen.
0: Well, you know, the scary uh, process that has taken place of 9 million plus encounters uh, in this administration, and uh, if one is telling me Uh, ...that all are on the up and up... ...all are there to seek a better life... Uh, ...if you're telling me that there's no group involved... uh, ...with those who have entered our country... ...that want to seek harm on us... uh, ...I'd have a tough time to believe it... Uh, ...unfortunately... ...the volatile world we live in now... uh, ...has... ...caused many to think like I do... Uh, ...and quite frankly... We have to do a better job. We have to do a better job. And uh, that certainly has not been uh, conveyed properly at all as far as actions are concerned. Uh, always conveying properly is you, sir. We appreciate your time, your efforts, and to keep up the great work down there in uh, in Washington. And uh, we'll chat soon. How's that?
1: Hey, thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, thanks again for having me on. Uh, your listening range has a wonderful day.